Welcome to the First Baptist Church Brunswick podcast. Join us as we desire to lead people into a deep and thriving relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, and I'm sure that you do, would you take them out, please, and go to the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and as you are uh, turning there, I just want to say a couple of things. Number one, um, I failed to welcome our guest during the welcome just a few minutes ago, so if you are a guest with us, welcome. We are glad you are here and so glad that you decided to worship with us here at First Baptist Church. And if you are a guest, I do want to um, encourage you and ask you to uh, text the word first welcome uh, to the number 84576 and we'll send you a connection card and we would love to connect with you. We just want to know who you are and we just want to help you become more of what uh, what God wants you to be as, as part of our mission at this church is to lead people from where they are to where God wants them to be. But I just want to say thank you so much um, for worshiping with us here on this this Memorial Day weekend as we are going to take the Lord's Supper and we're going to talk about that here in just a few a few minutes but man as we were just singing that song um, oh, praise the name I was uh, I don't know does anybody just have a song that gets you anybody have a song that just gets you are you awake this morning that's one that gets me. That just really, really gets me. I love the song. I love the theology in it. And I just love, I just love the visual. I don't, I don't know if you do this or not, but a lot of times when I sing worship songs, I just, I close my eyes and I just like to visualize things. I just, I just like that. And, and, and as I was sitting there and we're singing and we're worshiping, I just visualize seeing, uh, seeing Jesus, the, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, just, just rising up in all of his glory, clothed in white and just just a beautiful picture, I mean a beautiful glow around him and I just see and I just saw all of the, all of the believers and, and all of history and all the believers to come just raising their hands and their voices singing out to the heavenly father, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It reminded me of um, um, a friend of mine who was a, a missionary um, into um, a country that uh, which you could not broadcast, you couldn't tell what country is in so that tells you it was a, a Muslim country. And I remember him telling me when he came back off the field, he said, Chris, I just got to tell you this, uh, God is doing a great work amongst the Muslims. And the way that he's doing a great work among the Muslims is he's giving them dreams. He's giving them, he's giving them dreams and he's giving them visions. And he goes and on he to goes tell, on to tell me the story of one of these one of the Muslim men that he was in a relationship with. And, and you have to take you your time take with the Muslims and sharing your faith. You have to be very, very careful. And he had, be, he, had, he had built this relationship with this with this young Muslim man. And one day this Muslim man comes to my friend and he says, Hey, can I tell you the dream that I just had? Can I tell you the dream that I just had? My friend said, yeah, absolutely, tell me this dream. And the Muslim man said, I had this dream, and, 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 I, and I see, and I see this, this tall, white figure, huge, glowing, and I see around him all of these people bowed down, and they're worshiping him, and they're praising him. And the, and the, and the Muslim man said, and I noticed that, the one, this figure was all in white and had glowing around him. And all the people who were worshiping him were bowed on their knee, singing and worshiping him, but they were clothed in white. And he said, as I looked around, I'm seeing all this, and I'm, I'm seeing this dream, I'm seeing this vision. And then he says, I turned and I looked at myself, and I'm wearing nothing but black. And so this Muslim man then looks at my friend and says, what do you think that dream means? 
And my friend said, oh, well, let me tell you. And so he began to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with this Muslim man, and this Muslim man became a believer in Jesus Christ because he visualized God had given him a dream, seeing Jesus Christ risen from the dead in all of his glory and all of creation bound down and worship him. Isn't that cool? God's still working and God is doing miracles and giving dreams, uh, especially specifically to Muslims. But, but God, that's just a, a, a great visual of God and his glory. And folks, I pray today, I, I've been praying hard for this Sunday, that you would experience the glory of Jesus Christ. That you personally would be so um, in, in an intimate relationship with the Heavenly Father that when you begin to sing songs and you begin to worship that you just can't help to visualize the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Man, I just, that gets me. And that was for free this morning. It's not even in my notes, but, um, but anyways. Uh, we're going to look this morning at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to talk about the Lord's Supper. And near the end of the message, we are going to take the Lord's Supper. And uh, one more thing before we dive into the text, just want to remind you that today, Memorial Day weekend, um, this represents the first year anniversary of us regathering together after this little thing called COVID-19. Did you know that? Today is a one-year anniversary... On March 22nd of 2020, we had to uh, go to online. Everything went to online worship because of COVID. And for about 10 weeks, we as a church, we worshiped online. And God was gracious. God was good. God expanded our footprint of First Baptist Church Brunswick. While we were online worship, um, our worship services were, were being viewed all across the southeastern portion of the United States, uh, even into the western parts of the United States, even all the way up to, to Montana and all the way over uh, to some other western states. And, and interestingly enough, it even went down south into South America. So during COVID, during the time that we went online, God increased our footprint. God increased our footprint. Um, and when we came back to uh, regathering as worship, God has continued to bless this congregation. One, he's continued to um, bless us by, again, expanding our footprint um, through the use of technology. Um, you may or may not know this, but currently... Um, we have a large following of people in the South American country of Brazil. Several Brazilians watch our country, may, uh, watch our worship service mainly because of, of Colby Griner and the work that he has done through our technology. God is expanding our footprint, so we are going to start offering, offering a worship service in Portuguese. Just want to let you know. Okay, we won't. That's not, there's not, we're not going to do that. But God's expanded our footprint, continue to do that. Since we've regathered, I just want to let you know, the baptism waters have continued to be stirred. Amen? Um, we have people who are, who are, who are signed up for, for more baptisms. And I just want to let you know, if you haven't followed a believer's baptism, come on. The call's been made to you. You need to respond. And so we're ready, the water's ready, and so God has been moving um, amongst us uh, through baptisms. Um, since we've regathered, people have joined our church continually. This past Sunday, we had starting point. We had four different families join our church. They say they want to be a part of First Baptist Church, Brunswick. Praise God for that. Um, yeah, give a hand clap of praise for those four families. Over the past, over the past two weeks, 
Um, if you remember, if you were here last Sunday, we uh, preached a message on calling out the call to uh, answering the call to full-time vocational ministry and to the mission field. And, and we all understand that everybody's called, but, but we're looking to raise up full-time vocational mission, uh, ministries, uh, ministers and missionaries. Well, over the past two weeks, church, listen to this. Over the past two weeks, listen, seven people have said, Pastor, I sense a call into full-time vocational ministry. Isn't that good? God's doing some great things here. Um, our worship numbers, just, just attendance, look, just look around and just cough on that person next to you. You know what I mean? Because we're, we're able to come back to regather. Listen to church. Um, our worship attendance is almost uh, to the pre-COVID numbers. I mean, we are knocking on the door, busting out our worship attendance pre-COVID. And that is just a great encouragement to me. And I just want to say thank you for doing that. Our Sunday small group numbers, our Sunday small group numbers, since we have regathered, are so much better than our pre-COVID Sunday small group numbers. Church, thank you so much. Thank you for, for being faithful, and thank you for, for choosing to walk in faith and not in fear. Amen? We do not deny the reality of COVID-19. Don't deny it. Do not deny it. I've known people that have passed away from it. It's real. It is a... It is a serious thing. However, the Bible continually tells us to what? Not walk in fear. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And so, church, I just want to say to you, thank you. Thank you for choosing to walk in faith and not in fear. I believe one of the reasons God's blessing our congregation is because each one of you, you have chosen to walk in faith. You've chosen to walk in faith. You're, you're not being uh, 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 ignorant of the things that are around you. You're being wise, but you are choosing to walk in faith, knowing this, that God, our creator, is able to protect us, and he watches over us, and he will not allow our foot to, to slip. Amen? God is with us, and God is watching over us. And I just want to say thank you. And one other thing before we get into the Lord's Supper that I just have to tell you, and, and God's blessing since we have regathered. Church, I just want to let you know that God has continually blessed our church financially. Church, God has opened up the storehouses of heaven upon this congregation. He has blessed us immeasurably. He has blessed us so quickly that we have an overabundance of resources and it's all because, and I believe this, it's all because you, each one of you, you've been faithful to give as the Lord has told you to give. And you have trusted God with your finances. You have trusted God when he says, you give of that tithe, you give of that 10% to the local church, you give, you're offering, you're above and beyond, and God says this, I will, I will, I will bless, well, bless you. you. The one area that God says you And see if I will not bless you abundantly more than you can ever imagine. So church, I am so proud to be your senior pastor because you have done well. I'm super proud of you. And so God is blessing us. And, and so I just want to say thank you. And I just want to now, let's talk about Jesus now. Amen. Can we do that? Let's look at our text this morning. Let's look at our text. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Our goal this morning is simply we want to remember the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ 
and then we're going to observe the Lord's Supper together. Let's read our text. Follow along in your copy of God's Word. Uh, the words should be on the screen behind me, and it reads, verse number 23, 1 Corinthians 11, Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and a brother or sister in Christ must examine himself, and in so doing, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Well, again, here in a few moments, we are going to take the bread, and we're going to take the cup. But before we do that, allow me to share some things about the Lord's Supper. Let me begin it by telling you a story. Growing up in West Texas, my extended family, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, it was a large family. My dad was, was uh, uh, the eighth child of, of eight, and they all lived in the surrounding areas of West Texas. And so they lived in the West Texas cities of my hometown, La Mesa. They lived in Lubbock. They lived in Midland, Odessa, Crane, Monahans. You, you name it. Those names don't mean anything to you in Georgia, but to us West Texas folks, it means a lot. That's where my family was. That's where they lived. And our family always looked forward. They looked, they looked forward to coming together, especially during the holidays, especially during Thanksgiving holidays. We would, or Christmas, we would, we would come together, and we would always gather at my grandmother's house. We called her, or I called her Mimi. We'd all gather together, and whenever we'd come to our house, we would always gather together around the table. You know what I'm talking about? The table. We'd gather around, whether it's the Thanksgiving spread or the Christmas spread. On the table would be turkey and dressing, mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, uh, green bean casserole, which I gave to the cat, which I didn't like anyways. You just have this whole spread. My aunt, Aunt Sue, would bring a vegetable platter. It would, have, it would have black olives, celery, cauliflower, green olives, sweet pickles. I love sweet pickles. And we, we'd gather around the table. I'm sure you all have a story like that. You'd come together as a family. You would come together as a family and you would gather around the table. You see, when my family, the Winford family, when we gathered around the table, it symbolizes that we were or we are the Winfords. We were family. And when we came together around that table, as a family, 
It was a time of rejoicing. It was a time of thanksgiving. And it was a time of remembering. Remembering those who have gone before us, who lost their lives the previous year, or we remember stories. But it is around the table that we felt and experienced that we truly were the Winford family. This morning, I invite you to the Lord's table, that we come together as a family, that we come together as a family, brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ, sons and daughters of Jesus Christ, and we gather around the table. Here's why we come to the table. Our text gives us four reasons why we come to the table. Number one, we come to the table because the table, the Lord's table, teaches us that relationships are a priority. When we look at our text and we read about the Lord's Supper, look at verse number 23. It says, as Paul says, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. What Paul is saying to the Corinthians, and he's saying it to us as well today, Paul reminds the Corinthians that he has already spent time with them. He's already been with them. He's already in a relationship with them. And he's reminding them, I'm writing to you because we're family. We're family. I've already spent time with you, and and now as we come to the Lord's Supper, I want to remind you, we've spent time together. And and in our text, Paul is saying, I want to remind you that we are family. And he was reminding the Corinthians why they are family. He's reminding them why relationships are important. And in chapter 11, we're not going to look at this, uh, but, uh, but in chapter 11, Paul gives a couple of reasons why we need to remember that when we come to the Lord's table, that we need to remember that relationships are important because in this context, in this context, Paul says this, you aren't, you're not acting like family. You're not living like family. How many of y'all remember the name of the great theologian, Hank Williams Jr.? (laughs) Y'all remember him? Hank Williams Jr. He wrote and sang a song Family tradition. Yes, somebody got it. Here's the line. Listen to this. Hank Williams Jr., the theologian, said, Country music singers have always been a real close family, but lately some of my kinfolks have disowned a few others in me. I guess it's because I kind of changed my direction. Lord, I guess I went and I broke their family tradition. Little does Hank Williams Jr. know that that last line comes from Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Because Paul says, listen, relationships are important because here's why. Some of you have broken the family tradition. Some of you, he has three problems. He says, some of you, some of you have something against one another in the family. He says to the local church at Corinth, And he says to us today, as we take the Lord's Supper, he said, some of you are fighting amongst yourselves. Some of you are arguing with one another. He says, he says, he says, some of you, 
Some of you say you're, you're about, about Paul. Some of you say you're about, about uh, other spiritual leaders. Some of you say this, and, and some of you are doing these other things. And, and he said, some of you are holding something against a fellow believer in Jesus Christ. And he says, when you do that, you're breaking family tradition. And he said, when you come to the Lord's Supper, when you come to the table, and you know this, when you come to the Lord's table and you sit down or you come to your kitchen table and, on the holidays, if you have something against a family member, you're not sitting next to them at the table, are you? You go in one room and the other person goes in the other room and there's just that tension. And Paul says, he says, listen, when it comes to the Lord's Supper, when it comes to the Lord's table, you got to get things right with your own family. And in a church this size, it's quite possible, I don't know, but it's quite possible there could be some conflict amongst one another. And Paul says, through the story of the Corinthian church, he says, you need to get it right with one another. You need to be right. You need to be right. Meaning that one of you or both of you have to humble yourselves and go to that person and say, I'm sorry. You see, when we come to the Lord's table, it's about family. The second problem that Paul says about the Lord's Supper here in Corinth is this. He says that some of you are acting like the Lord's Supper is only for you and for nobody else. He says some of you think that, that when we come to the Lord's table that it's just for me and it's not for the entire body. Paul says, no, that's not true. He says when we take the Lord's Supper, it's about all of us. Yes, it's about me, but it's also about my brother and sister in Christ. And the third thing that Paul says that we need to remember that the Lord's table reminds us of relationships is this. He says this. He said, he said some of you are ignoring the problems within your family. In this text, he says, I know that some of you know that somebody has a problem and you don't do anything about it. It says, when we come to the Lord's table, it's about family. Brothers and sisters in Christ. So this morning, church, I, just, I want you to ask yourself this question. Is there an issue or any issues that you've made more important than being in harmony and unity with your brothers and sisters in God's family? Is there anything going on that you need to get it right before you take the Lord's Supper. See, not only do we come because of relationships are important, that family is important, but we also come to the Lord's table to remember Jesus' sacrificial death. Paul says to the Corinthian church, he says to us in verses 24 and 25, he says, this is my body which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. He says, this is the the cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. When we come to the Lord's table, it's a very simple act. It's not elaborate. 
All it is, is it's, 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 it's juice and it's bread. That's it. But when we take of his body and of his blood, the juice and the bread, it's a simple act to remind us of his sacrificial death on the cross. In verse 24, it says, whenever you take the, whenever you take the bread, this is my body for you. That phrase, for you, in Greek is the Greek word huper, H-U-P-E-R. And it literally means a substitute. Meaning, whenever we take the bread, it's a reminder of us, to us, that Jesus is our substitute. Meaning that Jesus took the payment of our sins. Meaning you and I should have been the ones on the cross. Meaning when we sinned, we have to pay for something. But because Jesus loved us, because God loved us, he sent his son as our substitute. Theologians will call this the substitutionary atonement. It's a big, big word. But it means this, when we come to the Lord's table, we remember Jesus' death on the cross for us. We needed him to do that. So here in a few moments, we're going to take this. And I'm going to ask you to remember his death on the cross. In verses 26 and 27, the Lord's Supper says we need to come to the table because we are to live in light of Jesus' return. Whenever we take of the Lord's Supper, the bread and the juice, it's to remind us that we need to keep living for him until he returns. Meaning this, when you take of the Lord's Supper, we come to the table, we are making a statement of faith that's saying this, Jesus, I'm going to live for you until you return. You are going to return. And I'm going to live for you. And that, that this world is not all that there is. There's more to life than just here. So Jesus, I, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to give everything I have for you. I, I, want, I, want to be, I want to be your light in this dark world. That's what taking the Lord's Supper means. Let me ask you this question. Are you living in the light of Jesus' return today? And so when we look at the Lord's Supper, it's a reminder that relationships are important, that we are to remember Jesus' death, that we are to live in light of Jesus' return. And number four, this is a time for self-reflection. Paul said in verse 28, verse 27, he says, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner. So what Paul's saying is this, that you and I can take this in an unworthy manner. Unworthy means careless. It's just Whatever. This is not a moment to be careless with what we do. Paul says later on in chapter 11 that because you take it in a careless manner, some of you are sick and some of you passed on. So there's some consequences if we do not take this in the right fashion. We're to take this in a right manner. So here's what we're going to do at this time. I'm going to ask you four questions. And each question will come up on the screen. And I'm just going to simply ask you to reflect. And to reflect on the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Number one, here's the question. Lord, what is it in my life that needs to be changed? Why don't you take about 30 seconds and just reflect.
second question that I want you to reflect upon is this. Lord, is there anything in my life that I need to confess? Would you ask him that now? now reflect on this statement in question. Lord, I recommit my life to you today. Will you enable me to live a life that is pleasing to you? Would you say that to him at this moment? Here's the last question I want you to reflect upon. Lord, thank you for forgiving me. I now choose to forgive, and you fill in the blank, and you make it right with your fellow believers in in Jesus Christ. time will you take your bread does everybody have a communion cup if you don't have a communion cup please raise your hand we have some in front deacons ushers if you'll come to the front have a some down here in the front hold your hand up high please so that we can see you if you don't have a communion cup top portion of your cup back and that will give you the bread, the wafer. I'm going to read the scripture to you that we're going to eat the bread and then Josh is going to lead us in a song that Jesus paid it all. But here's the bread. Jesus on the night that he was delivered, in which he was betrayed, he took the bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. Sin had left the crimson stain, He washed it by as That you can be seated. Scripture tells us, in the same way, he took the cup after the supper, and he said this. He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. pray with me, please. God, you are so good. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your blood that you willingly sacrificed for me and for us. Thank you for covering us. Thank you that your righteousness has become our righteousness. Thank you now that we can come into your Father's presence because of your blood. Oh, Father, I pray that we as a church, that we would be right with one another. Father, that we would, that we would remember what you have done for us and be so grateful and thankful that we would be unashamed to tell others about you. Father, I pray that we would, that we would live in light of your soon 
coming return. Lord, we look forward to that glorious day when you will return and we'll be with you and we will be what you have always wanted us to be. And Father, I pray that Holy Spirit, you will continue to work on us, conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. Father, may you be pleased with us today. In Jesus' name we pray.